Hi everyone, um, this is Joe with Astronauts Anonymous. It is about 12.30 Tuesday night. I am trying to get the video uploaded for you uh, and the podcast up. Having a little bit of difficulty, uh, I do apologize. A little bit of disclaimer this episode, we did have some audio issues. Uh, I'm working to try and clear it up. There's a couple periods where the audio drops um, and especially at 122. In the middle of the interview is Squeaks, uh, which Squeaks, if you're watching this, I do apologize. Uh, you can barely hear it, so I had to increase the volume, but you get a lot of background noise with it. So, again, I apologize about that. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get these audio issues resolved soon enough. But for the time being, please just enjoy the episode and uh, give us feedback. Thank you. I want to try his, uh, what is it, corn beef? Banana pudding. I think we found our intro. <laughs> it's said to do it. He was like, I learned how to poach an egg. And I was like, what mm -hmm. technique did you use? He's like, oh, microwave. And I was like, you get the fuck out of here. <laughs> We've got cosplayers, we're ramping up for Gen Con, and Viet is wearing a banana suit. This is Astronauts Anonymous. <laughs> How y'all doing today? Uh, yes, as we said, this is Astronauts Anonymous. Uh, I am Joe. Gary the Banana, aka Viet. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm Alex. You encouraged this. We are. <laughs> I just wanted you to answer the door like that for our pizza. <laughs> Since I apparently can't answer the door for pizza the right way. I, I thought it was going to be the hot chick from the other day. <laughs> that was definitely not the hot chick. <laughs> it was definitely not the hot chick. It was, was a very confused man. So, yes, today's episode, uh, we in re in place of Viet Lee, we have Gary Banana, as you all saw on our Facebook page. And we also have a special guest star today. Uh, say hello. Hello, I'm Squeaks. I cosplay in things. Yeah, uh, we will be interviewing her later on the show. She'll be joining us this entire time. Uh, so, uh, Alex, how about you start this week? How was your How was your week? Uh, pretty good. Um, I'm actually going to see Ghostbusters tonight after the podcast. So is Gary the Banana. Yeah. Um, let's see. I've been uh, pretty much keeping up. I've been actually playing some normal tabletop stuff like D and D mostly. Uh, so nothing super huge there, although there have been some updates, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother anybody with them. Um, and uh, I've actually been looking toward the uh, new Dark Tower remake starring Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yes. we'll definitely be talking a little bit about that later too. What uh, what edition of Dungeons and Dragons? I play fifth uh, edition. I 98 percent of the time I DM myself. I've DM'd actually with Ryan before, um, and. Uh, Actually, the first Gen Con I ever went to, I ran a D&D &D game for Scott Kurtz, the guy who does PvP online. Awesome. Um, yeah, that was super cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I usually play 5th edition, and then lately I've been invited to do a campaign where I play a uh, barbarian scholar named Babar. <laughs> Just like the elephant! <laughs> he, he, yeah, he's, um, he's immaculately well-dressed, and his mall is actually a croquet mallet. That's great. Yeah, I, just, that's great. I had a D&D &D character kind of like that. It was a half-orc that zero charisma, but high intelligence. So he was a scholar guy that spoke like an idiot. He was great. Um, yeah. 
Wait, what do you play? <laughs> what do you play, sweet? That hits or... a little too close to home, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. So he rolled the character for you. Just like, yeah, Joe's like... Nah, my friend kind of talked me into that one. It's been a long time since I played D&D, though. <laughs> what else you got going on, Alex? Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, I was reading up, actually, about how Warcraft, it's doing okay. Well, it did really well in China, but overall, it's actually going to take a financial loss because it didn't make enough money in the States. Which we kind of expect that after its opening weekend here in the States. Yeah, see, yeah. okay, that right there, what Squeaks just said, she didn't even know it was already out. That's yeah. been the reaction from most people I've known. I hadn't even realized they had released it already. Like, I thought they advertised it decently, but apparently not, because nobody was even aware this movie came out. No, I mean, there have been literally, like, you know, maybe one, maybe two commercials that are in regular running, but they don't show very often. Yeah, I think that's that's been the problem. Yeah, that's exactly why it didn't do well, because I was still, like, I was going to see it. I just didn't really have enough interest in it. I just, you know, it's another nerdy movie, so I figure I should go see it. But I expected the fan base that that move, or that show has, or not the show, the video game has, I figured it would blow up, but it didn't. And even as somebody who doesn't like World of Warcraft, I was really interested in the movie because it yeah. was awesome. Like, I was hoping to, well, that's, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knew this movie came out. Yeah, the any scene with just the orcs doing orc stuff was really interesting. Um, anything with anyone other than an orc was terrible. Oh. Yeah, and and they tried to they tried to stay so loyal to the game. They tried to shoehorn in this romance that they didn't have time for, so it just comes out of nowhere. And the half orc, she looks ridiculous because it's just a woman in green makeup surrounded by a bunch of CGI orcs. <laughs> Who was that again? I forget her name. Uh, she was in one of the Mission Impossibles, I want to say. Yeah, I can't think of her name right now. But... Um, let me say... Um, Paula Patton? I think it's Paula Patton. Ooh, nice. Okay. Yeah, the one that... Um, oh, that one singer, she cheated on her. Yeah, Robin <laughs> Thicke cheated on her. Yeah, Robin Thicke cheated on her. That's really good for her to be known for that. I'm glad that that's, like, the no. selling point. Of, who was that chick? Oh, right. No, she's an excellent director in her own right. Yeah. She really is. What she, she directed? God, I forget now. Because <laughs> I know... <laughs> in, the, uh, in the... I've got, got blurred lines. I've got blurred lines going through my head right now. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, in the great scheme of things, she was way out of Robin Thicke's league, so it's good that she cut that cord. Same, oh, much. Yeah, I was going to say that. What about you, Ryan? What have you been up to this week? <laughs> I asked I, I asked that right at the wrong time. Aside <laughs> <laughs> from that, uh, Pokemon Go. That has been my life these this these last few days. And I finally got a Gyarados, so that's a thing. And you're, you're lucky you work right next to Canal. Yeah. Every free second I have have goes towards uh, walking the canal and finding every spare gear or uh, every spare magic card that I can. Yeah. Could you need 400 candies to evolve that thing? Oh yeah. <laughs> now, did you evolve it yourself, like feeding it other magic card? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Th this is the most popular cannibalism-based game I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it is. It, it is. Yeah. 
I mean, well, and it's funny how they explain it because you murder Pokemon, grind them up into dust, I believe, and then sprinkle it on other members of their species. No, it's called they call it Magikarp candy. Yeah, they put sugar with it. Oh, so you're turning him, you're turning these other Magikarp into taffy. Soylent yes. Green for Pokemon. Yeah, basically. <laughs> the Magikarp candy is Magikarp! Although I imagine the larger ones, they just swallow the smaller ones whole. Like, the Gyarados like wouldn't take Regular? <laughs> no, um, Magikarp can't bite, they only know Splash. That is true. <laughs> He's got you there. They have no teeth. Yeah, we're oddly, of course, after the first week of Pokemon Go, we're going to have a decent amount of Pokemon Go news. That's not... Fun news, really. <laughs> Just kind of sad stuff that's happened. Now, are the are the servers getting better with you guys over there in Indianapolis? Or are you still um, getting kicked off? Better, definitely getting better. Um, read an interesting article the other day, well, actually today, about Pokemon Go. For the past three days, it has surpassed porn searches. Whoa! No. It's it's higher than Tinder and Twitter, both. Holy and Facebook. Wait, those aren't porn. Uh, <laughs> you're using Tinder way differently than I am. <laughs> no, 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 Ryan. Ryan, a little bit about Joe. <laughs> yeah, well, and also Ryan uses Grinder, not Tinder. Yeah. Oh. Surprisingly, oh. 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 a lot of dudes on there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Ryan. I'm sure. I'm sure some girls will show up eventually. Yeah, I think so. Keep trying. Just gotta stick with it. You have to meet the guys, Ryan. So next time you go meet the guys, hey, they'll, they'll bring Boy, you <laughs> Whoa. Just trust me on this, Ryan. Just go meet the guys. Well, actually, you know, now that I think about it, if Ryan were living in L.A., since he looks like a 13-year-old boy, I'm sure Brian Singer would probably swipe right on him. (laughs) (laughs) And Bazinga. (laughs) Was that, is that too soon? (laughs) No, that was just perfect. Just perfect. Yeah. Um, I still love how the gym battles in Pokemon Go are just, you just mash the screen yeah. on your, as hard as you can for as long as you can. Yeah, it's attempt to dislodge the internal components of um, the game. <laughs> I was honestly, I was thinking about that the other day, actually. It it makes sense for a mobile game strictly because... This, no, Joe, it's not Pokemon. It's not trying to really be, it's a Pokemon skin, like you said, but it's trying to reach a mass market of mobile game players. And they should use a different name, like not Pokemon. It, uh, we said it last week, but I'm still going to say it again. It's Ingress with a Pokemon skin. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be for mass appeal, and they succeeded in exactly what they wanted to do. They did. They did. And the, that's why the GPS locations are based off of the locations that the fans made in Ingress. Exactly. It's why my office has like three around the month in an IT building, and all of the nerds <laughs> play Ingress. <laughs> They prepared for this shit. So what else you got going on, Ryan, this week? Uh, Pokemon Go. <laughs> and work. And pizza. Pizza's always pizza. good. That's about it. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, I'm gonna have to ask you to cut this down, because you you're going way too long. Yeah, you're right. We should go on to the next person. Mr. Banana? It's Gary, Gary the Banana. Banana to you. Well, isn't that your last name? Gary the Banana? No, no. You gotta say the full name. It's Gary the Banana. It's like a tribe called Quest. And Ryan, he's not Mr. Gary the Banana. That's heteronormative, so you need to tone that back, too. (laughs) Just just refer to me as Gary the Banana. Yeah. He identifies as a genderless fruit. That happens to be phallic shaped. Wow, way too far, Ryan. He's, <laughs> yeah, someone's Ryan. putting their own gender issues onto this piece of fruit. Yeah, 
Ryan, you have sundered the safe space of this podcast, and you've activated Gary's trigger. <clears throat> you just lost, like, half the ten people. That <laughs> Don't flatter yourself, too. Okay. Well, um, what has Gary been doing this week? Well, he's been, uh, he's been reviewing food. Um, he recently partook of the limited edition uh, Twinkie, uh, the Slimer edition of Twinkies. It's Key Lime, which... You know, first you gotta, you know, you gotta look at the Twinkie and realize that it's got green stuff coming out of it, and it's supposed to. So you have to get over the fear of eating green things. That sounds absolutely delicious and disgusting at the same time. It was, it was. Gary, <laughs> Gary did enjoy that very much. Um, did not taste a lot like limes, but you know, it had a hint of, uh, you know, limeiness. Yeah. You, you know. did have a lot in you, you, next time you see that dude, you let him know that I'm looking for him. <laughs> he left me in Broad Ripple, and I was drunk. <laughs> You're always drunk, Gary. Nobody likes a drunk banana. <laughs> Nobody likes a drunk banana. Yeah. I was totally lost without my maracas. And, Ryan, don't talk about Donkey Kong, like the game, because oh, that, God, no! that features the death camps that a lot of Gary's relatives were sent to. Thank you. Okay, but anyway. It's coming. Besides that, Gary has been reading the early reviews of uh, Ghostbusters, which we'll get into that later. Um, Gary is very, very enthusiastic. Um, Gary's heard that Viet's going to go to a theater, and Gary's going to find out which one. <laughs> um, also been keeping up with uh, a lot of celebrity news. Um if nobody knew, um, yesterday was uh, Sir Patrick Stewart's and uh, Harrison Ford's birthday. So happy birthday, Han Solo and uh, Jean-Luc Picard, a.k.a. Professor X. <laughs> and Indiana Jones. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let's see what else um, besides that. Um, you know, Gary's been uh, been looking at Pokemon Go because he wants, you know, he, you know, he's like he's been interested in it, but. You know, not nearly as much as your guys' friend Viet. You know, but you know what? I'm starting to get mad, so I'm going to pass the stick off. Yeah, we don't like that guy either. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a douche. Um, well, well, he had a rough childhood, from what I understand. <laughs> it's dark in here. <laughs> well, let's not get too fruity, guys. Uh, this is the first podcast we've done. <laughs> You know what? We need another topic. No, don't. I'm so glad you don't have the volume on that. That was the best. Damn it. Oh. Go through all the way. We're gonna have to get another one. No, we're not. Next topic. God damn it! Why do I allow this? (laughs) As long as you keep hating it, it's gonna make Ryan stronger. That's really true. That's why. This is true. I guess we're on me then. Um. I have been watching a lot of Mr. Robot. I, I've i seen little bits and pieces of that show uh, before, and I liked what I saw, so this week I decided to actually like watch it all the way through. I'm halfway through season one, and that is an excellent show. Has anybody but me seen the show? I've seen it. 
Gary has seen it, but there's not enough fruit-based characters. There, it's fascinating actually to see any production with Christian Slater that both has a budget and is successful. <laughs> that is very true. I, I didn't know he was in the show, and then all of a sudden he just pops up. I'm like, oh, hey, hey guys. Christian Slater. It's me, Christian Slater. Like, so those of you who have seen the show, the audience and everything that haven't seen the show, it's basically this antisocial hacker guy. He joins this anonymous-like group. And it's just, it's really well shot. Um, and Christian Slater's in it, oddly enough. Hey. But yeah. the one... You guys might remember Christian Slater from the box office smash that was Cuffs. No! <laughs> I, I do not, actually. I've never heard of Cuffs. Don't watch it. That's yeah, awesome. nobody else has heard of it either. Um, so... The, the whole premise of it is him, and then he meets this other... He meets the anonymous-like group that calls themselves F-Society. The problem I have with it, though, is that it seems like Christian Slater's character... Um, Rami Malek is the main character, and he's really interesting, fun character to follow around and everything. Uh, really messed up, kind of antisocial dude uh, with high anxiety issues. But Mr. Robot is his exact opposite, but just as technically savvy as his and very much screw the world. I don't care if we kill people. Let's just stop the bad guys and stuff. So it very much feels like there's going to be a uh, Fight Club-like twist between him and Mr. Robot just because of the way that they both interact with people. That's I feel that's the direction it's going. I don't know if that's true or not. And if it is I'm going to be highly disappointed because it's way too obvious. Um, Wait, what do you think is going to be too obvious? The fact that Mr. Robot and Rami Malek's character are actually the same person. Like in Fight Club. Oh. Uh, sorry, I have to cook as well. <laughs> and is stretching out of the way to so to pet Shonuff. Which you have to, because Shonuff is adorable. He's got the glow. <laughs> He'll get up here soon. And start moving from left to left. Yeah. I don't know. Gary the banana is really warm. That's probably not good for the sh sugars. The sugars? <laughs> the potassium. Potassium. Throw yeah. a little brandy on him. Make him into a banana's costume. <laughs> Pretty much. Once I got a potty. <laughs> once I get fermented. <laughs> Other than that, uh, I watched uh, Terminator Genesis this week. Oh, finally. Yes. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not as bad as I was expecting it to be. It's a fun action film, but it's not a Terminator film. It had Terminators in it. It, it was a fun, okay, it was on. a fun turn off your brain and enjoy the explosions action film that happened to have Terminators in it. I, I, I would have enjoyed it had Jai Courtney's stupid smirking face not been in it. <laughs> That Jai Cordy does ruin everything. Well, especially because the resistance, it, I'm assuming, is deprived of resources. Yet Jai Courtney's version of Kyle Reese apparently has access to whey powder. He's more shredded than the other Terminators. <laughs> well, you need to make sure you have enough whey powder powder in the future. Well, yeah, you gotta be buff. Yeah, now, now I just imagine the resistance <clears throat> is just a gym, like they're all just doing clean clean and jerks. <laughs> Other than that, because of Pokemon Go and everything, I renewed my interest slightly in Pokemon, so I watched Pokemon Origins for the first time. 
which is oh, the first time I've watched a Pokemon okay. anime since I was like 12. Okay, yeah, because that tells uh, basically the story of Red. Yeah, it's the first game. Yeah. And they cut out 90% of it, but it's the first game. Yeah, yeah. if they did what they did with episode one and made it a whole series, it would be better it, than the yeah. existing anime. Uh, it wasn't bad. I mean, it's exactly what you expect from Pokemon anime, though. And just watching this again, I was reminded how awful Team Rocket is as a criminal organization. <laughs> They're the most obvious criminals in the world. <laughs> And yet, they can be easily foiled by a teenage adolescent boy. Wait, he's the eighth gym leader? Whoa! <laughs> it's just, I love that they actually had a scene where Team Rocket had taken over this entire town, and they're like, yeah, we should go get the police. Bunch of guys standing in, in Team Rocket uniforms, and the cops never once thought, hey, we should check this out. <laughs> that was Lavender Town, I believe. Yeah. I that would require me paying more attention to it than I did, so I honestly couldn't tell. I've always just imagined um, Ash as having uh, like a crippling brain injury, and thus he thinks he's like a ten-year-old kid. And Team Rocket are his caretaking nurses that make sure he doesn't get in trouble. That is, that is really dark. <laughs> that is really dark, but that is actually one of the uh, Pokemon myths that goes around. Is that like you know when Ash you know you know basically took off to go on his Pokemon adventure. When he crashed his bike, he actually is in a coma. So basically, we're experiencing Ash in a coma. It explains why he's always 12. And it always explains why his Pokemon can do things that no other Pokemon can do, like how Pikachu defeats a, uh, oh, a giant rock by cheating and turning on the sprinklers. And then electrocuting them. Yep. So that's how it works. At the end of the Pokemon series, we're going to have like a St. Elsewhere kind of ending. We're just, it's ashes, dreams, and a snow globe. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like, you know, Team Rocket, they dress up in outfits and stuff because they're just trying to keep them entertained. It's the nursing outfits. Yeah. And Giovanni runs the nursing company, which is why Ash doesn't like him. Well, I feel like they're really inept nurses then because this poor brain-injured child is wandering around the world. Well, to be, you, you guys know the whole reason Ash's mom wanted Ash to become a Pokemon master so she could bang Professor Oak. Wow. Pretty much at any given time in the day. Yeah. So basically just the entire world is filled with cruel, inept adults. Well, yeah, I mean, Professor Oak doesn't even know That's what his grandson's accurate. name is. That's true. He he, he's so busy banging Ash's mom that he doesn't <laughs> even realize what his grandchilds do, or grandchildren do. What's my grandson's and name on again? That <laughs> note, let's move into our first topic, which <clears throat> happens to be Pokemon. Because, unfortunately, there's a lot of Pokemon news going on. Uh, like, I got Gyarados. Yes! What power is your Gyarados at? 1,200. Nice! Yeah. Yeah, he's a strong little dude. It only took me a whole week <laughs> to do it. Yeah, Squeaks, um, in case you didn't know, my wife caught a almost 1,100 Dragonite in the wild. But we had to pull into a super sketchy neighborhood to do it. <laughs> Which brings up the first Pokemon Go robbery story. Yep. Just a few days after the app was released, um, some uh, teenager in uh, Chicago, I believe it was, what, uh, got stabbed and his iPhone stolen because he wandered into a bad neighborhood mm -hmm. playing Pokemon Go. And, you know, because I mean, we touched on this, uh, this, this story last week. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, they used the, the lures, actually... That's the other one I was going to talk about. Well, yeah. lore 
people to bad places. Yeah. yeah. It was O'Fallon, Missouri, mm-hmm. where that first got reported at. But they caught four guys doing this. Basically, they were, like Ryan just said, putting lures down and waiting for people to show up yeah. and then robbing them. Their actual Team Rocket. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, no, actual Team Rocket is inept, like we discussed. Like this is. These like... guys were clearly inept, too, though. <laughs> These guys are Team Magma. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming that's another bad, po- bad Pokemon team or something. Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. For every generation, there's another bad Pokemon team. Oh, I thought Team Rocket was, like, throughout them all. No. Okay. No, they started adding more and more. It's stupider and stupider. <laughs> as unfortunate stupid. as it is to be robbed while playing a video game, I kind of feel like that falls on my on its face. Yeah. <laughs> like, where am I? Oh shit! Like, I should not be here. <laughs> oh Sorry. man, I'm in. Pikachu down the dark alley. Oh man, I'm in the hood, but there's a Dragonite there, and I have to catch it. Okay, I'm sorry. That would be me. Uh, all least, I want in life is so a Dragonite. At least wander in pairs. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, buddies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The buddy system. That's a yeah. that's a fun prank we can pull on Ryan. It's like, yeah, sure, Ryan, walk with him about halfway, and then Do once he's staring down at his phone, <laughs> just walk away while Ryan's staring at his phone as we enter the into the neighborhood. Hey guys, I think it's this way. Got guys, good, guys, guys, guys. <laughs> Gates off, dark out, and the phone's dead. Just well, hide in the corner. Look at Ryan. Look at Ryan. Stab. <laughs> Hey there, you look lost. Right. So that's speaking of. So morons, now that we're done imitating the bad people we just yeah. reported on. <laughs> speaking of morons, though, with Pokemon Go, we also have the opposite version of moron, or not the opposite version of morons, but the opposite spectrum of the moron, is the ones that are going to places like the Holocaust Museum. The Holocaust Museum and like certain cemeteries, like yeah. fallen soldier cemeteries and stuff. I've been having to post up signs now stating no Pokemon hunting here. So for me, as like obviously as much of a social faux pas as it is to catch, you know, Pokemon in a Holocaust museum, I also feel like they shouldn't be as hard on it because they're getting people to come into their establishment. Like that is true. That is a good point. They're creating foot traffic, which, you know, one of those sayings of like no publicity is bad publicity sort of thing. Yeah, that is very true. Museums definitely need yeah. that more often. I feel like, you know, maybe... Yeah, most of the uh, locations that are used to go for Go were submitted by people who were playing Ingress. A lot of those locations were fan-chosen. You've been replaced by a robot. Dude, you've been... Yeah. What's like, the, um, wait, 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 wait. Can you say exterminate? Do I still sound like a robot? No, no, much, much better. Why did you refuse to say exterminate? Because <laughs> uh, Doctor Who kind of sucks. <gasps> Thank you! Oh. You can you can end this call, sir. I was going to say, I'm no longer part of this interview. Friendship. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. They still have Gary. Yeah, by the way, I, I was always of the opinion that Doctor Who could actually fix whatever he wanted in time, but he's super racist. <laughs> oh. Wait, I, I feel like saying I hate Doctor Who is too much of a blanket statement. Like, I hate anime. Like, you don't hate anime, you just haven't found the right one yet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, David Tennant was fun, um, and he really enjoyed, like, what he was doing. But uh, the writing, kind of, isn't 
awesome. That's why yeah. I like Mofat, is because I feel like he did a really good job with a lot of the story arcs and stuff. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I just... Uh, like, I've Smith watched... was the best because of... Dude, exactly. And that's why I, people always give me shit. They're like, how can you like Matt Smith as the best doctor? And I was like, dude, like for one, he was quirky, which was fun. But it wasn't really specifically his character. It was the story arc all of it. It was fucking great. Yeah, if you took Tenet and put him in Smith's story arc, right? it might be the best Doctor Who story ever. And Amy Pond. Oh, I will give you that, oh, yes. Yeah. I know oh. what she looks like. I always so. had a thing for redheads and then Amy Pond. And like... I'm just really disappointed that she ended up betraying the Doctor to work for Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ryan is about to have a brain aneurysm. No, no, it's there. <laughs> okay, well, we can actually talk about Matt Smith here in a little bit. We'll just start recording again. We're recording. We've been... Yeah, we're recording. Oh, shit. This is in the podcast. <laughs> okay, well, you want me to just start saying that last thing you started saying before it cut out? If you remember what that was, Alex? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Why don't you repeat it? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a no. Next yeah, topic. I don't think so. We need a gong. Should have this ready. Hold on. One second. You're editing that out. <laughs> I'm adding that louder. <laughs> He's gonna add double gobs. back and no release. <laughs> so, okay. I'm putting a louder sounding gong in front of it. Don't worry, it'll be great. Alrighty. So, so, yeah, so robberies in Holocaust museums. Oh yeah. Which is funny because on the one hand, people complain about the millennial generation not getting out and doing a bunch of stuff, but when millennials do get out, people actually feel like there are too many of them. <laughs> what are you all doing here? Stop hunting the Pokemons. We don't care about your pocket monsters. This is a this is a war museum. But there's a there's a Raichu over there. I don't care. I think the issue the first the first time I had seen anything in relation to Pokemon being an issue at the Holocaust Museum was a coughing being involved, and I was like, ah. Oh, yeah, that, that, that was that really one. yeah. Uh, Oh, guys, maybe you're not a good choice in... Well, the... <laughs> I, I think they could have been a little more tasteful about it by making the Holocaust Museum um, in the game make it the Pokemon Tower in Lavender Town and just have it filled with ghost Pokemon. Oh, no. That's yeah. so wrong. No, that, that works awful. out perfectly. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, and then people could be like, wow, there are a lot of Gengars here. Ghastlies wow. and Haunters and Misdrevious. Okay. Speaking of hunting, let's please, for the love of God, move on to the next topic. He said Haunter, which is a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's We're talking to about. Segue. Yes. This is the, the worst segue I think we've had. God <laughs> damn it, Ryan. It's for segues, I know. With the gong. This is, this is just the back me for the show now thing, isn't it? A little bit. The gong. <laughs> show enough. But again, speaking about ghosts, let's move on. Uh, the first few reviews ghost. have been coming in for Ghostbusters, which comes out this weekend. Which uh, actually, technically tonight. It does come out tonight. If um, it's half as good as the theme song, then... Oh, God. Gary the Banana respectfully disagrees with you. <laughs> what I was going to say, though... would choke the shit out of me. <laughs> is that, unfortunately... I'm actually starting to like this guy a little bit more. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, you were segueing. Yeah, yes, I was segueing, <laughs> but um, none of us have gotten to go see the movie yet. Because we are recording this episode a little early, just due to time constraints and everything. 
Um, so it comes out this weekend. Normally we record on Sundays. We're recording on Thursday night. So it does come out tonight. Uh, but so far the reviews have been coming in, and they're pretty overall good. They're not great, but they're pretty good. The, the stuff I've been reading basically has been saying that it's a good movie, but it feels that it plays it too safe. Um, the best I've heard described is that somebody's saying that it feels like it's a retelling the same story, but with more spectacle and less tension, which makes sense because it's very hard to do a remake. Because if you do too much with it, then people are going to complain that it's that you're not following along with the lore or you're the not characters. following canon. Exactly. Yeah. Crystal Skull. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crystal Skull is a perfect example of that. They did yes, way too is. much, and yeah. we saw the backlash of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think them going for a pretty good comedy with the Ghostbusters brand was the right decision. And it's well, and, paying off for them. Um, and it can't be any worse than Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> That's, that is very true. That is very true. Which, if you guys aren't familiar with the plot of Ghostbusters 2, it's exactly the same as Ghostbusters 1. Yep. Even down to Venkman somehow needing to win Dana's love again. And exactly. a baby is involved this time. Yeah. So it's... you got all these people complaining about how the new movie's ruining their childhood, and they apparently forgot about Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, there's a reason Bill Murray didn't want anything to do with the Peter Bankman character. And that's because it's been... they He himself has ruined, like, not even the franchise, but the chance for a franchise in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm Which just I think... glad he did, though, but also it just reminds me of whenever he did the Ghostbusters video game, and he just completely phoned in that character the entire time. Yeah. It was well, a paycheck for him. Yeah. Do you know how people have to pitch movies to Bill Murray? How so? He doesn't have an agent, so he has a 1-800 number, and you have to, in the message, you have to pitch your film. And he only checks his voicemail a few times out of the year. Are you serious? I'm not not even making this up. No, this is actual truth. That is amazing. Unless Bill Murray is on your side, he's almost impossible to work with. (laughs) In fact, Harold Ramis, when he was working on him for Groundhog Day... Nicknamed him the Murricane. Mm-hmm. And the movie is actually filmed in reverse. Uh, they filmed Groundhog Day in reverse because he knew that Bill Murray would be really optimistic and bubbly uh, at the beginning of filming, and then would get more and more angry and pissed off by the end of the, by the end of filming. <laughs> Which is why it, it is just a great film. <laughs> it is. It is a classic. Bill Murray is one of those guys that he would be fun to hang out with but I don't really want to get to know him. Like, in small spurts kind of guy. Yeah. Um, oh, now, who directed uh, The Darjeeling Limited and uh, Grand Budapest Hotel? Wes Anderson. Yeah, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, uh, Bill Murray actually, I think, gave Wes Anderson a check for like $100,000 uh, during the filming of his first movie because he was running into money issues. He didn't cash the check, but he has it framed. Which is why Bill Murray is in every Wes Anderson movie. That explains that, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He apparently well, really likes Wes Anderson. And the whole reason he signed on for Garfield was because he thought it was written by one of the Cohen brothers, but the last name Cohen was spelled differently with an H. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making that up either. Okay. Side yeah. note with that whole story, because that, that whole thing with Bill Murray is hilarious, because the guy that played Vankman in the real Ghostbusters cartoon show... 
everybody, you know, they said he sounded like Bill Murray, so that's why they hired him. He hated that character. He's like, that just sound that sounds nothing like me. Ended up that that same guy whose name escapes me at the moment, um, but he ended up playing doing the voice of Garfield. And then later on, Bill Murray gets signed on to do Garfield because people wanted him to because he sounded like Garfield. <laughs> okay, that was Lorenzo Music. Yes, Lorenzo Music. And uh, be- the reason why he didn't do the movies because Lorenzo Music actually uh, died of throat cancer in the late nineties. Mm. But still, it's just this whole ju- this whole thing is like he he hated Lorenzo Music's version of him because he thought it didn't sound like anything like him, and then he ends up playing a character that Lorenzo Music originally played. Right, and. Uh, when Lorenzo Music died, actually, uh, Dave uh, Coulier took over and was started voicing uh, Becky. That's right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, so one of the uncles from Full House was voicing... <laughs> who dated Alanis Morissette. Yeah, who dated Alanis Morissette was voicing Venkman. Now, whether or not Murray hated that man just as much as music, I don't know. That is yet to be decided. But anyway, the reviews for the movie, uh, pretty good. And I am planning to see it this weekend. Or, sorry, Gary. Gary Banana, you said you are going to see it tonight? Yes, Gary's going to see it tonight. We'll probably see it Saturday as well. <laughs> so we should have more reviews on that, but so far it's sounding actually pretty positive about that. Well, Patton, all and, well, and, and it's been certified fresh with 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. That oh, wow. is, yeah, that's one of the big, big things, because Rotten Tomatoes has... Real, never really given out a rating that high for a new movie, I thought. I think. Uh, no, actually, um, all of Ben Affleck's direct, like directorial movies, have all stayed in the '90s. And Pixar for a while was rocking like an average like of 92 or 93 percent until they started making crap. Uh, yeah, it, it's as whatever you think about Rotten Tomatoes uh, review scores and stuff like that. Which there's a lot to say about that. They still have an impact on the box office. They really do. So that's good. I mean, good for them. Rotten Tomatoes. You're technically a fruit. <laughs> Gary the Banana's a fruit. Call me. <laughs> Let's get collaboration here. Yeah, we need sponsors. <laughs> so next topic we're going to move on to then is, again, we don't really have much else to talk about with Ghostbusters until we actually get to see the movie. But one that I know that Ryan and Squeaks both are probably excited about uh, there's been news. Matt Smith has been talking about possibly going back back to Doctor Who. Say if he's going to the Doctor again. Or... There's rumors of that because you know how like I believe it was the 50th anniversary one, wherever he meets the. Um... The all three of them kind of come together. Yeah, but the the one that at the end, the one that had the long scarf on where he played Doctor Who. Oh. Wait. Oh yeah, there was one with Matt Smith, David Tennant, and. Uh... Oh, the old guy. The guy who played the War Doctor. Yeah, but then Tom Baker shows up at the end. Yeah. So he t- says that he, every now and then, revisits old forms. Mm-hmm. So there's been talks about Matt Smith, because he, he left originally, but then since he's left, he's been really upset about it, apparently, and he's been wanting to return in some capacity. But him wanting to return doesn't mean anything. But there's been talks about him actually uh, talking to the, to the writers of the show. I don't know to be Doctor on Doctor Who. That doesn't mean shit. <laughs> the current Doctor, uh, Peter just, Capaldi, yeah. actually was in the Doctor Who fan club and was yeah. the president. Yeah. And, uh, you know, basically he was actually outvoted to be the president of the Doctor Who fan club. 
And in one of his interviews, he's like, well, in, you know, I used to be a member of Doctor Who fan club back in the day when I was a wee lad. And, you know, and I got beaten out by a boy. Great Scottish accent, by the way. Thank you, Gary. He does very, very good voice impressions. And I, and I said to myself then, why not just become the Doctor? Good for him. See, like, as much as I like Matt Smith and his portrayal of the Doctor... I don't think I'd like that. I don't think I'd like if he came back as the Doctor. Because they, they, he had a really good run. The story arc he was involved in was phenomenal. And I think he had a really good exit from that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so one of those things like he should... Some people yeah. cried during it, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling you not, know about not this. Not this guy. Yeah. Definitely not. But some no. People. Some people Ryan. did. But definitely not Ryan. But also the fact that they've never really done that before. They've never had the Doctor just spontaneously become one of his prior... Yeah, Four. it would, it would yeah. seem out of place, I think. Yeah, the only time they've mentioned it is in the uh, the, fan, the anniversary, yeah. and that's uh, that's like packing on new lore. The um, actually, you know who the biggest Doctor Who fan is, or who the biggest Doctor Who fan was? Who? David Tennant. Oh, David, that's right. Yeah. yeah. David Tennant was such a colossal Doctor Who fan that he actually married the daughter of one of the previous Doctor Whos, who also played the Doctor's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, was it a Tom Baker's daughter or something? Yeah, and actually, I believe that he said the reason that he left is because he felt like he'd done a really good job, and he didn't want to do a disservice to the character because he loved Doctor Who so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, even that's... though his famous line is, I don't want to go. Yeah. Yeah. His last line, rather. Yeah. Yeah. Which was fantastic. Digging up fields, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think if uh, Matt Smith comes back, he's going to have even more forehead than he originally did? <laughs> the regeneration process it's, is not oh very nice with the forehead. It's so funny because I, it took me a long time to get into Doctor Who, whereas all of my friends were, from the get-go, huge Whovians. And um, a lot of the girls that I had known who were into Doctor Who were like, Matt Smith, my God, my undies. And I was like, <laughs> I don't see it. He looks alien to me. Like, yeah. He, he's definitely got a weird fucking face. But yeah. <laughs> when I started getting into Doctor Who, I was like, all right, I see it. I got you. <laughs> when I first saw Matt Smith dressed up as Doctor Who, I was like, why is there a, a human battering ram with a bow tie and a eyebrows? <laughs> and a bow tie. Where are his eyebrows? <laughs> I think it's his quirkiness. I think a yeah. lot of a lot of his sex appeal has to do with his personality that he portrays in that show. And his lack of eyebrows. I can't stress he, that enough. I've always been into hairless faces. So the personality of Hugh Grant, um, hairless face. You know. With oh, without the um, without the police charges for soliciting yeah. prostitute. That is true. Yeah, with Sans uh, prostitution charge. Well, like he ever has to pay for it. Well, at the time, Hugh Grant was dating Elizabeth Hurley, so he didn't have to pay oh, for it either. Oh, dang, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> Point set match. Well, on to the next topic after that <laughs> awkward segue now. Um, oh, wait, we didn't have a... We didn't have a... There's no gong this time? No! Why did you have to bring it up? <laughs> Good thought. Gary, I will punch you. God. There it is. Why, Be careful, why Gary bruises easily. 
<laughs> I'm just going to continue on with the movie or the TV thing we got going on here. Um, they are actually in talks. Paramount, I believe it was Paramount. Let me look at my notes again here real quick, which, of course, I accidentally closed. But Paramount TV is talking about doing a Battlefield TV show. Uh, Battlefield based on the video ga- EA okay. video game series. That's which in turn is based off of real life, I believe? Kind yes. of, yeah. Which, it's really weird because they, they've gotten the rights to it. Uh, and they keep trying to do video game movies, but nobody's really succeeded. So I guess Paramount's just moving on to TV, which nobody's ever really done that I can think of. Yeah. With the exception of that one MMO game that they tried to do a game and a TV show at the same time. Um, I can't think of the name of it right now. That reminds me a lot of, and it's not American, I want to say Korean, I'm probably, like, wildly inaccurate with that, but there is a show, and it's Hero um, Overtime, and if you guys haven't seen it, it is so great, it is so funny, but it's basically, they take, um, a lot of aspects of MMORPGs, and it's a real live, like, action show. And it's got the guy who, like, randomly has become the hero of this group, and he kind of acquires teammates as he tries to figure out how to deal with this, but it's funny. So it has all of the... Like, there's the, the scene that kind of sold this show for me and made me seek it out and download it was um, they encounter this villain, and he's doing a bunch of flips and, you know, fancy plays and stuff. And you showed me this one. Yes. And he's got this, like, tiny blade, and he's like, careful, my blade is small, but it's got, like, a specific poison, and he has this huge rant. And then to look cool, he licks his knife, and he immediately <laughs> stops and stares at him and goes, I shouldn't have done that. And then he dies. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's a whole, the whole series is just hilarious. What was that called again? Uh, Hero Overtime. Okay, I'm gonna have to look that up sometimes. You showed it's, me that clip, and it was, it was I might ha- really I have, hilarious. I believe I have all of it downloaded. And um, I can just put it on a thumb drive and give it to you. Okay, I would be happy it about is so, that. And it's, it's one of those things that if you have ever played and or enjoyed an MMORPG, you will find a riot. It's, it's basically a TV show about all the tropes from yes. video games. Yes, so. yeah. So, oh man, the name of that other show is going to... It was an American show, and they had it on Sci-Fi Channel, I believe. It wasn't... Uh, I cannot think of the name of it, but it was a big deal. I remember whenever it came out. But oh, WWE wrestling. That's what. Yeah, talking. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it was this post-apocalyptic world, and the TV show took place like on the West Coast, while the game took place on the East Coast. But events that happened in the game would affect what they did with with the TV show. And then the only other thing I could really think of that tried that was Quantum Break, which the TV show just never took off the ground. So they just incorporated the TV show into the game. Uh, which kind of... so now they're talking about this Battlefield TV show, which Battlefield takes place anywhere between World War One, which the new game is going to come out, and yeah. modern day stuff like with Hardline. So saying you're making a Battlefield TV show could mean almost anything. Uh, no, but if it's a TV show, prepare for a romantic subplot that is not going to really be a result. Or make sense. Which I think yep. Hardline did have that. Yeah. And, and if it's going to be on TV, that means the budget's going to be probably shoestring level. I doubt it's going to get a whole ton of money poured into it. So prepare for it to be crap. Why out of all of the games, Battlefield? I 
don't know. I, I, I've played one in a like, very short amount of time spent in this game, and it was never anything that made me want to play more of it. Because so it's super imagine. popular. That's why. It's, it's the same. It's Okay, people are going to hate on me for this, but it's the same type of people that love um, Call of Duty. But see, for me, Call of Duty is more popular. It is. So, like, if you're going to do that, then do Call of stay Duty. in the same genre and just Who do Call of Duty. Who owns Call of Duty again? I'm trying to think. Uh, but, uh, well, either, either way, though, Battlefield is, it's up there with Call of Duty, and there's this whole, the reason why I say people are going to hate me for this is because there's this huge fight of Battlefield versus Call of Duty players. Like, I could name several of my, of my friends that if I said that they're basically the same game would want to choke me out. <laughs> um, that's, that's an intense reaction. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it, it gets serious with these people. Um, these people. Yeah. <laughs> These, these, <laughs> these gamers! What do you mean, those people, Joe? <laughs> um, but I think, honestly, if they do do it, it's probably going to be modern day because it, you can very easily, if you did, like, Battlefield Hardline, just make it a modern day crime procedural, but mm, slap the Battlefield name on it. So I have a feeling that's what it's going to be, but it's just so odd. And the fact that it's e owned by EA, I think, yeah. makes it a little easier mm -hmm. to turn it into a TV show. Yeah. Yeah, because, and, oh, and I think, because um, I'm of the opinion that you can take any intellectual property, even if it has no business being turned into a film. Like that. Or, or the movie Clue. Clue was amazing. Yeah, do not diss Clue. You know, Clue is the best board game adaptation ever devised. I think it's the only one I can think of. To be fair, though, the guidelines that they were working off of were pretty great. Like, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of interpretation to be had to that because that was... Yeah, it's these wacky characters with a murder mystery. Right? Yeah. And they, they, but they even did the multiple uh, endings, you know, they did the different weapons and the different rooms. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, they, and they had an amazing comedic team, you know, headed by Tim Curry. There. Right, so... yeah. Sold. So I have no doubt that they could make an interesting Battlefield TV show. The big thing is, who's going to be the showrunner? Who's going to be put in charge of it? And who are going to be the writers? Because if Damon Lindelof gets anywhere close to it, it's going to be crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is. It's one of those things that very easily you could just slap... You could make a action-oriented TV show and slap the name Battlefield on it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be good. I actually suspect there will be very few actual Battlefields. Because, again, that's very expensive. you got to build a big set. It'll be the same Battlefield over and over again. It'll be, yeah, it'll, it'll be Battlefield Warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> so, next topic then, actually, moves, keeping on the topic of movies, or of TV, TV shows. shows, one of the best TV shows ever made, Community, is talking about actually doing its, its actual movie. Um, for, has anybody here watched Community but me? Okay. I've seen it. Yeah. It's created by Dan Harmon, which is one of the guys behind uh, Rick and Morty. Oh? Yes. Great, great show. And ever since the beginning of it, it always, like, every season they were on the brink of ca cancellation. They went five seasons and then finally were canceled. And then had their sixth season on Yahoo, which lasted a year. Yahoo TV with, or Yahoo Screen, that's yeah. what it was called. That whole thing last year, but they got a full season during the entire run of Yahoo Screen. Huh. And 
the funny thing is, there's always been a joke right around the like fourth season. I want to say they kept making a joke of hashtag six seasons in a movie, just as an excuse to get the fan base going and yeah. say, hey, keep making more community. And um, so Dan Harmon was actually talking to Larry King about an interview about how he's still trying to make this happen, how he uh, is talking to more people, and it's hard to get the cast together, but he's, he is currently working on the script. So this was something that it's it's kind of like the Firefly Serenity thing where everybody thought it was dead and it was like, oh, this is never going to continue on, on. But the they might actually accomplish their goal of doing the six seasons in a movie. Which I am very happy about. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you need to take a deeper look if it's Dan, Dan Harmon. Yep. Dan Harmon is the showrunner of it. Huh. Is and it, is it on anything like? Hulu it's on Hulu, yeah. Which what about is, the sixth season. The sixth, yeah. You know, um, the sixth season. I honestly don't know how to get. I don't know if it's <laughs> if it's on Hulu or not. I'll have to check that out. Oh, by the way, you know who they could probably actually get to direct a community movie. Don't say Zack nope. It's the opposite of Zack Snyder, actually. The Russo brothers. Oh, that, that would be good. Fun. Yeah, actually, because the Russo brothers actually directed several of the episodes of Community, including, I think, the D and D episode. Yep, that's exactly right. They uh, that's how they got their big break. Actually, was was directing episodes of Community. If anybody, if anybody can actually like be sympathetic to the cause of a Community movie and make it fantastic, it would be the Russo brothers. Who, I will remind you, also put the Blue Family stair car in Captain America Civil War. Yep. What? I just sent you the Skype image. Oh my god. He did just send us the Skype image. That means the Arrested Development characters are in the Marvel Cinematic (laughs) (laughs) Squeaks is loving on Shona. Um, But yeah, I think the Russo brothers could actually direct Dan Harmon's movie. They would be perfect for it. They're... At this point now, because of Community, they've become established directors. Because because of Community, they were able to move on to Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then because of Marvel, they were able to do Captain or they were able to do Captain America: Civil War, um, and Captain America: Winter Soldier, which a lot of people, I believe, consider to be the two best Marvel movies. Yeah, I do. Literally, they are. Yeah, I actually I watched Captain America: Winter Soldier, and I was like, wow, I'm actually interested in what Captain America is doing. Yep. <laughs> I, that was, like, all, I love all the Marvel movies. That's the first time I watched a Marvel movie and I was like, this is legitimately just a straight-up good movie. movie. If it didn't have a superhero in it, it would still be a legitimately good movie. So I'm actually, you know, Deadpool aside, you know, based on your feelings for that character, I'm super excited to see them, with Jessica Jones as well, doing darker mm-hmm. themes in comics because so frequently you'll read comics and they're very dark, and they never portray that fully on screen because of their, like, target audience, quote-unquote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Zack Snyder tried pretty hard. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, re- remember when he had Superman swimming in a sea of skulls and drowning? Oh, God. <laughs> that really, I thought, captured the spirit of the character. <laughs> it, really, it really did. He stop making Superman movies and throw him back in, like, the 50s when he shot rainbows from his hands, and I would watch that one. <laughs> like, yes, super do a golden age Superman, Superman movie. Superman. Super friends. Superman. <laughs> but uh, uh, Squeaks did move us on to the, ne- um, on to the next topic, actually, with Jessica Jones, because there is some news with her. 
Uh, Brian Michael Bendis is actually writing a new Jessica Jones comic. Which, those of you who don't know, Brian Michael Bendis, um, he's the one that wrote the Alias series, which is where she first came to being. Uh, the new series, it's the exact same team actually behind Alias, which is what makes it really interesting. It's Brian Michael Bendis, Michael Gatos, and David Mack. Mm-hmm. So, the team that made, created this character and got her put into the new continuity and became popular enough for their, her own Netflix show, which is amazing, um, is bringing out a new comic with her. Uh, can the comic be called Get Back Here, Jessica? <laughs> <laughs> and it can uh, be just David Tennant saying that slowed down to 40 pages. Go <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to you know Doctor Who, seeing Tennant play a really dark supervillain was pretty awesome yeah well what what i loved um david tennant's puppet master and uh or the purple man whatever you want to call him specifically because that is i think the closest we're ever going to get to seeing how an actual telepath would operate within any kind of universe because i mentioned this i don't know if you heard it squeaks but the only thing we have to go on uh to believe that professor xavier isn't just brainwashing all of the x-men is his word he has no checks and balances. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, you have to trust him. Yeah, you li- you literally had to... Professor Xavier sat in the white in the Oval Office with the president after freezing an inaugural dress and said, "This isn't a threat. This is an opportunity." <laughs> and we're supposed to believe he didn't just brainwash the president to saying yes. He also threatened Logan by telling him he turn him into make him think that he's a little girl. Yeah. For the next few years, which means he would have had to have tried it. To know he can do it. Yeah, oh, or when um, uh, he's trying to concentrate to find Nightcrawler, and Wolverine's like, couldn't you just concentrate harder? And Xavier said, if I wanted to kill him, yes, implying that he has killed someone before. But I think at that point, it comes down to good intentions. Like, we don't know that that wasn't an accident. He was like, oh, I really need to, oh, shit. Yeah, Yeah, in fact, (laughs) Professor Xavier could routinely have killed people on accident with Cerebro, and nobody would ever know. Which he does routinely freeze the entire room so he can walk through it and do whatever he wants. Yeah. Roll through it. Usually to um, send a message to his child army soldiers and telling them to keep their stuff together. (laughs) (laughs) And he literally, he does legitimately just erase memories from Maria Taggart in Apocalypse. There was an early, actually, run of X-Men where a team of X-Men died on an island, and rather than fix the situation, he just wiped the other X-Men's memories of those X-Men. That's right. They actually revisited that uh, a couple years ago, didn't they? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that, I mean, that wasn't the real story, but they retconned it into that issue, and then that's why Cyclops found out about it then. Dang. That's... Yeah, so I um, so I I love David Tennant's character because it presents a lot of really serious issues where it's like, how do we stop a person who can control us with his voice from you know just taking control of us again? The thing I didn't like though was you had a movie within the Netflix cinematic universe, and you didn't see Foggy Nelson show up once. I know, right? They live in the same neighborhood. Yeah. yeah, and they're part of the same channel. They're on. Ne- they're both on Netflix. Netflix. Together. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, they're going to show up together eventually. Yeah, but Defenders. Like, yeah, they they even teased it. They teased it twice yeah. actually. Where at one point they're like, "Oh, I don't want her as a lawyer," and then the policeman's like, "I'll get you a public defender." I was like, "Oh, Nelson and Murdoch." She's like, "No," 
And then another point, she goes, I'm going to get myself locked into Supermax. I'm like, oh, she's going to meet the Kingpin. No. And then part later, remember, um, I, Rosario Dawson's like, hey, I got a friend that can help you out. He's good at this kind of stuff. It's like, no, I don't want anybody else involved. Yeah, she at Rosario Dawson literally goes, the writers haven't figured out any other way to shoehorn them in. Please let them show up. I know. <laughs> Well, you've been talking about doing spinoffs of Jessica Jones as well, though, haven't you? Uh, yeah. Well, Luke Cage is getting his yeah. own show. Yeah. And so is the, well, that's the original place. Yeah, Luke Cage. Oh, and um, <laughs> Loris Tyrell from Game of Thrones, now that he's free, uh, is going to play Iron Fist. I yep. know, I was just mentioning that. Oh, his tweets got so sad. The look on her face. <laughs> At least he's not a part of the Phases 7. Right? <laughs> Anymore. <laughs> yeah. He had a very brief stunt with us. Yeah, his, his employment was short-lived. So, yeah, we're going to get a new Jessica Jones comic, which I'm excited about because Alias is a phenomenal comic series. So, same team working on a new series. is It's, it's going to be good. Uh, we mm-hmm. talked a little bit about Brian Michael Bendis last week. A little bit, yeah, and... Uh... He is actually behind the Civil War. Uh, he's one of the writers for Civil War too. See, I've not been paying attention to Civil War, uh, but I've heard some actually interesting things about it. I just the only stuff from Civil War that I've read so far has been some of the side issues, like Spider-Man Civil War, uh, Miss Marvel, Miss mm-hmm. Marvel issues of Civil War, um, and Hulk Civil War, which Amadeus Cho is still the greatest Hulk. Yeah, well. In terms of Hulk, there's going to be a really... Uh, this is going to be a really big spoiler. Um, dropping in the August uh, Civil War II issue, um, the Incredible Hulk is uh, killed. By the weakest fucking <laughs> Avenger. Uh, you mean flipping Avenger. Yeah. Weakest flipping Avenger. Yeah, here. Weakest flipping Avenger. I'll... Uh... I'll edit myself in saying that. Also, I no, gong. don't, don't do uh, it. I dropped my gong. Hold Thank on. you. <laughs> so yeah, so there, there's been that news that broke earlier. Uh, was Hulk dying? Now my question is, which first off, people don't give give Hawkeye enough credit. Hawkeye is awesome. Nobody ever says, "Help me, Hawkeye! I'm in danger." Yet he still there's does a reason it. for that. <laughs> um. Well, no, it, I think it's just that he shows up to work a lot at S.H.I.E.L.D., and they're like, oh, hey, we got a mission for you. And he's he goes, really? And they go, no, because gunpowder is still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, my question is, though, with this, is it is it Bruce Banner Hulk, or is it Amadeus Cho Hulk? It's Bruce Banner. It's Bruce Banner Hulk. Maybe they're just killing Bruce Banner to make room for Amadeus Cho. Which, the Amadeus Cho one's been pretty fun so far, but this goes right along with what Marvel's doing now. We, we talked about this last weekend with Riri Williams as Iron Man. Yes, we did. Um, Miles Morales. Peter Parker's still around, but his series is much different. Mm-hmm. And Miles Morales is more in tune with like the way Spider-Man is normally written. And the new Miss Marvel, uh, the new Thor, all these characters. So it's getting, they're purposely getting rid of their status quo. And bringing all these new characters as the main cast, which is weird, but different. And it's good, in my opinion, that comics are trying to go a different direction than they have for the last 60 years. Evolve. Evolve. There you go. That's a better term for it. Yeah, because they've been, uh, 
I mean, the whole comic issue, I mean, you know, they've done reboots like this before. I mean, because you've seen this done in DC's Infinite Crisis on Infinite Earth. I've seen it. Um, hey, Alex, are you uh, getting attacked? Do we need to call someone? No, uh, I'm, can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my dog actually opens up doors. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's, I think what they're doing is I think they're getting a little, a lot of these iconic Marvel characters, and I think they are phasing them out. You know, like with, we see the Miles Morales switch. We see, um, uh, you know, like with, with Amadeus Cho. I think they're doing that to go in tandem with them switching out perhaps the actors who play their contemporaries on the big screen. Because a lot of these characters are running into their contracts ending. That would be interesting. They would have to... How long do you think they would do that, though? Because... Miles Morales... There, there's no way that with the age Peter Parker is in the MCU... We right just now, got Peter Parker. Exactly. And he's, he's 16. Like, you're not going to be able to do Miles Morales but very easily, I would think. He has a point for the other characters, though. Yeah, like, yeah, no, agree. You agreed. can't keep paying for Robert Downey Jr., no, and and Disney has a has a process. They have to be super cheap. They like their directors and their actors to either be up and coming, so they're cheap, or past their prime, so they're cheap. Well, now they don't have Ike Pullmaner though as the head of uh, the movies. Oh well, Disney was like that way uh, without Pearlmutter. Uh, That's true. But I'm just saying it's less so than it was. Yeah. Uh, well, that I believe was at the behest of um, oh, what's his name. Uh, Kevin Feige or not? Not Kevin Feige, but um, wait, is it Kevin Feige? Yeah, Who's Kevin Feige is the Feige. Yeah, yeah, I believe he personally asked Disney to get rid of Perlmutter. Oh yeah, no, he did. They apparently really do not like each other. Yeah, well, Perlmutter would constantly tug at the purse strings even more than Disney would. Yep. Um, and uh, and that was just stifling him, and he's making they're just printing money at this point. Now I'm just picturing though in my head now because of what you just mentioned. If that's true, we're going to have a Natalie Portman Thor. I'm okay. Uh, no. Hey, with that too. I heard that. That's yeah. interesting. <laughs> I De- denied because she's not going to show up in the last. She didn't show up in the last. Um, in the last appearance of Thor, in the last Avengers movie. Been a woman before. Now he's a woman. Right now. Yeah. Well, now she. Now Jane Foster yeah. is yeah. Thor. But so like it's not you know. No, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Exactly that because like he was saying, they're changing up the status quo specifically to be able to give them recasting abilities. Yeah. I think we're gonna probably see Vision replace Thor for a while. Well, but to your point about Natalie Portman not showing up, like I think she'd show up if they said you get to be Thor this right. time. But can you imagine Natalie Portman trying to swing a hammer around? Yes. She weighs like 76 pounds soaking wet. I wouldn't be surprised if they recast Jane Foster to try to get, like, you know, more beefier and they have Ron Fossey uh, played. I have two words for you, Gwendolyn Christie. Ooh. That needs to be Thor. That needs to happen right now. So sort of in the same theme, for the longest time, I have been hoping that they would do a Flashpoint series or movie, which I've recently stumbled across 
an animated series of it on Netflix, yeah. but I haven't actually It's pretty good. It. Is it? The first episode of the next season of The Flash is titled Flashpoint. Exactly. Yeah. Have you been watching the Flash TV show? No. You should. It's very good. I'm going to come out right here and say it, Squeaks. I'm, I have not been a big fan of a lot of the CW intellectual properties. Flash is actually good. Okay. And see, that was my fear, and it's something that I had so many people yelling at me to watch Daredevil. No, as somebody who didn't actually like half of Daredevil Season 2, and as somebody who absolutely hates Arrow, Flash is actually good. Okay, because I gave it a college try. I sat down so many times, I was like, I have to to watch this. Yeah, Um, the great thing about uh, the Flash TV show is that they don't hide behind the cornier aspects of a comic book. So they're like... They're very upfront with it. They, they double down. And so in season one, they're like, oh, it's one of Flash's big villains, a psychic gorilla. He's going to fight a psychic gorilla. <laughs> King and, and actually, one of my, my wife's favorite character is uh, Captain Cold. Because when he first showed up, you know, the guy from Prison Break, my wife was like, yeah. what, is he going to grab a freeze ray and a parka? And he shows up at a bank with a parka and a freeze ray. And my wife is like, oh my god, I'm in love. Yeah. <laughs> and he says things like, you better cool down, Flash. Like, he, they, they don't care. And that's the, how the character is in the comic book. That's how it is in the show. When they run into Captain Cold the second time, you're as cold as ice is playing over the music. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. They, they, it's ham. It's like ham level ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh it's portrayed much better than Mister Freeze with Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and it, um, the, like the hammy stuff is hilarious. Cisco Ramon is absolutely hilarious. Oh he's kind God. of, he's kind of like Felicity Smoke, only not ruined. <laughs> Where, oh, for, you know, he's just, he's this dude with no powers. He just builds techie stuff, you know, and he's just super hilarious. Um, it's it's actually a good show. We can do a whole episode on the ruin ruinness of, elicity, of Felicity. I yeah. said Elicity now because that's all I see. Um, actually, I'm just going to pull up the picture of Green Arrow with his magic, his green magic power. <laughs> Let me find it. His green <laughs> magic power. Yeah, no, it, he has to get magic to defeat Damien Dog. So he, uh, let's see. Let's see if he can find it. It's so bad. It's even worse than I'm making it sound. But it looked like uh, I was the special effects director for that episode. <laughs> and they're like, we need Arrow to have, like, magic glow. All right, well, before, well, while Alex is, Alex is pulling that up, uh, we got one last topic, and then we'll get into our interview with Squeaks who is just enthralled by Shona for the moment. I'm going to be posting a lot of cat pictures tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so apparently we've been getting a lot more information about the Dark Tower movie, um, which I know, I've, I've read the first book um, mm-hmm. a long time ago. Alex, you guys seem to be really big fans of this, so I think you guys should take this. Oh man, the Dark Tower series was probably one of Stephen King's best series, because it was a series of, like, six books. Dark Tower 1, of course, being the first. Um, there's always been, you know, basically Stephen has always wanted to do a Dark, Ta- a Dark Tower series, series of movies or shows, but has never gotten the backing for it. Now it looks like he's actually getting the backing of it. He's got some really good um, actors that are actually up for the parts. Idris Elba being one of them. Mm-hmm. And Matthew McConaughey? Is and Matthew right? McConaughey, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be playing Randall Flagg, who is the not only the principal villain in the Dark Tower series, but the principal villain in The Stand. And, which is, if you guys have not seen that television miniseries, I suggest you do. Oh my god, it is great. 
I did not know that Stephen King had like a single universe kind of thing. Uh, there's the Stand. There's the Golden Years. The length. I mean, there's he's done a lot of straight to TV stuff that nobody knows about. No, I know, but in uh, in the Dark Tower series is specifically the franchise that connects all of the other uh, Steve the Stephen King universe. Yep. So he was uh, doing the cinematic universe before it was even cool. Yeah, he was also doing cocaine before it was even cool. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a weird time for Stephen King. Not the creative process, man. Yeah. Now, um, I personally, I thought the Dark Tower series was really interesting, but it has one of the most anticlimactic endings ever. It, it really did. In the book, they are in the franchise, I guess by book seven, they build up this super bad guy that is just stuck on a balcony throwing uh, snitches from Harry Potter that explode at the main character <laughs> who runs past them and wins. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's it. Oh, uh, he also, his son is supposed to be a giant nemesis? No, he's just a, uh, a spider, or a human head with spider legs that dies. Interesting. He, he ate some poison stuff that hurt his tummy. Yeah. <laughs> well then. I think at the time Stephen King was trying to finish the book, he's like, God, I just want this to be over. <laughs> yeah. And I think he was like, oh, it's done. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Sounds like Lost. The journey was fun, but... Oh, uh, my God. Well, Stephen it, King is actually infamous for making just the worst endings imaginable. Yeah. Uh, Stephen King It is actually a great example. You have Tim Curry killing it in one of the most iconic, scary clown roles of all time. And what is the final bad guy but a paper mache spider? <laughs> Literally. A giant crab with crab arms. Yeah. This is battery acid! <laughs> yeah, you slime. Yeah. 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 Yep. Really? Yep. Yeah. There's gonna be a new it. I really but think they also, should leave it alone. They stopped remaking shit with Tim Curry in it, honestly. Yeah, that's... Well, there, there's also a gradient where usually the more Stephen King hates the adaptation, the better it is. <laughs> Well, actually, The Mist was really good, but they fixed his ending. Yeah, he actually said that anybody who spoils the ending to The Mist movie should be shot, and that it's yeah. way better than his ending. But it's, he's a t he's terrible at endings. Oh, man, I love The Mist. I can't... Yeah. Oh, man, that movie was yeah. awesome. Now, now actually, uh, he hated Stanley Kubrick, and he hated The Shining. Huh, didn't know that. He still hates it, I believe, actually. Because um, Stanley Kubrick was a uh, avowed atheist, and they asked him about, like, you know, the um, the Shining, because there are some supernatural elements. And he goes, for the purposes of this movie, I suspended my disbelief and acted like the supernatural was real. And uh, he pulled out some of the Christian motifs in the book, which pissed King off, because King is a super religious dude. Huh. The Shining was, he originally wrote that, isn't there a miniseries that he did afterwards? Because he initially wrote that book in Estes Park. In the Stanley Hotel. Yes, which he is a did. Dope-ass hotel. If anybody ever gets a chance to <laughs> meander out to Colorado. Oh my Colorado. God! Yes, and they've just recently ended the haunted tours. Did they really? Yeah. Oh no! But they, I, I had heard that they initially did. He shot the series in the actual hotel. Yes. And then they went and had a completely different thing done for the movie, and I've never been able to find the series. It's kind of upsetting. Um, they had a more recent series, I think, with. Uh, uh, what was that guy from Wings' his name? Not not Tim Daly. Uh, it may have been Tim Daly. It was a more modern adaptation of The Shining where okay. it was actually really good and I did thoroughly enjoy it. 
Well, uh, that actually does it for topics. So we are going to move into the main segment of this episode. Uh, you've been hearing her all night. The lovely and talented Squeaks from Cosplay Deviant. I've been accused of well for our fans those that don't know who you are explain us a little bit uh who are you and what is cosplay demons okay um i am kind of a general geek enthusiast i guess would be the best way of because a lot of people are i guess if you wanted to throw out the term uh, for specific genres of (sighs) so you've got your comic book whatever or people who are more into movies I just kind of have a little bit of a fandom from everything. Um, other than that, I cosplay. I've been cosplaying since 2007. Okay. Um, first convention I ever attended was Gen Con. Uh, by mm-hmm. far the one that holds my heart the most. It is my favorite. Anytime I have friends who have never been to a convention, I usually recommend that one as their first because it's, it's a big convention. It There's is. a lot to do, but people who attend Gen Con tend to be a lot more respectful. Yeah, that's always a good thing. Yeah, and um, a lot less, uh, you see a lot less of the younger age group there, which helps a lot with, you know, the whole respectful aspect of things. You're going to be attending this year's Gen Con, correct? Yes. Uh, Unfortunately, we'll be working. I guess I say unfortunately, I like working Gen Con. (laughs) It just kind of sucks because I don't do all the things that I'd like to do. Or, you know, I have a lot of friends who come in from other states that (laughs) It's good times. Um, so I work at the booth primarily. And then um, Je- Cosplay DJ actually hosts two um, events outside of Gen Con itself. Uh, one being the adult game show, which has been really popular in previous years. Um, I think one of my favorite games that unfortunately we no longer do was uh, Shirts Against Humanity. So we would have Shirts Against Humanity cards printed out on shirts that sounds like a wonderful it was, idea it was great it probably helped that there was alcohol involved that always helps <laughs> <against humanity. laughs> um, the other one we have kind of like a party uh, they host last year it was a I believe this is in blue oh uh, wow okay. blue yeah. lounge okay. yeah. I've not been there It's. I haven't been to the location but last year was a lot of fun um, sort of just rented out the entire building and it was more of a private geeks only party. Oh so, nice. Um, okay. Yeah, a couple of hundred geeks stuffed into a room <laughs> with alcohol. I think it's really That sounds what, like an amazing time. Wrong. It was it was good. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is wrong with that scenario. <laughs> so explain us a little bit more what exactly is Cosplay Deviance. Um Cosplay Deviance is a website. Uh, they Hire girls, and I say hire, they don't ever scout for models. Um, it's kind of a, this is something you're interested in, you're free to apply. Um, but a large part of your application is based on the interests that you hold. So they're not looking for pretty girls who wear costumes. They're looking for people who are passionate about it and actually want to put their own costumes together and okay. bring their favorite characters to life. Um, a large aspect of that is that it is a nude website. So, any listeners under 18, sorry, Charlie. Um, but it's yeah, kind you of... You know what the current year minus, what, 18 is. Yeah, right. <sighs> <laughs> but it's, it's fun. It's kind of, for me, it's one of those things where 
you know, growing up playing like Laura Croft or, you know, The yeah, Legend the of Zelda characters. and seeing Zelda and being like, boy, howdy, I'd like to see that <laughs> undressed. And then you kind of have the fun of doing that. Um, but it's a great group of people. It's funny because, you know, uh, as many other sort of social outcasts will tell you, I had a very awkward high school and school and elementary school. And it's, <laughs> it was one of those things where I always felt uncomfortable uh, in large groups of people. And I always, especially being a female, being interested yeah. in a lot of things, it's a lot easier in today's times. But, you know, definitely being a teenager and being female and having a deep interest in Dungeons and Dragons or yeah. in anime was kind of a big bullet you know, sign on my back for other females. Uh, it wasn't until I actually got to work conventions and hang out with some of these other girls that I was like, oh, okay, like, we exist, we're out there. We just have to know how to spawn. So instead, it, yeah, because, I mean, we're, we're all nerds here. Yeah. And so we all went through the... Nowadays, oh, yeah. it's cool to be a nerd, but... Well, as an adult, like, you're in it. Yeah. But, yeah, but back then, especially, like, in high, our high school ages and whatnot, it... Being a nerd was not a cool thing. You had a small group of friends that you did stuff with, but other than that, like most people didn't really talk to you and you were awkward. Yeah. But this is coming from me as a guy saying that. As a girl, like it was you weren't allowed to be a nerd. Yeah. Either. Well, and it, I was I was blessed in the sense that I moved around a lot growing up. So I actually went to three different high schools in the four years mm. that I attended high school. And somewhere in between the second move I just stopped giving <laughs> That's the best way to go about it. It was like, it. you know what? I'm just, I'm just like, like me or not, I'd rather just find the few friends that I can based on my interests than, mm. you know, all of the social effort that it takes to get to know real people. As you know, but yeah, it's fun because all of the other girls that I've met are really, really awkward, really weird, and it's fun because specifically a few of the girls that I get to work Gen Con with. Um, we kind of meet up, and then we just mind meld into one person. <laughs> and so words are very rarely spoken, but we laugh a lot because we know it's just that sort of, it's great. They're super weird. We talk about butts. And, <laughs> Which is always a good games. good topic yeah. to have. So it's basically just anybody can join this kind of site if you're passionate about it. Yeah, if you're, it's, if you're into cosplay and you're into you know any form of geek culture, there's a, a link on the website for applications. On the other end of the spectrum, if it's something that you'd rather just enjoy and not so much take part of, um, you can get a membership. And there's it's not just photos. Um, we have chat rooms. We have a lot of um, like boards where you can go in, and there's specifically set up topics of like if you're liking games or if you're going to a specific convention. I think is great. They'll have um, sort of posts where you can talk to other people from across the country who are also going to that convention and create meetups, and it's not so awkward going by yourself. That sucks. The, the internet is great for that, bringing people together in awkward phases. Right. Uh, as long as you're not playing Pokemon Go and getting robbed. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, dude. I'm just imagining that at Gen Con this year. Oh, no. I heard... I heard uh, on the topic of Gen Con that they will be releasing a super rare Pokemon at Gen Con. Ryan, did you hear that? That's awesome. He'll be there. Yeah. So that's <laughs> He's going to be our, our Chris or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> the god Pokemon? <laughs> so what are you going to be um, cosplaying this year? This year, um, I really in my fourth costume. Um, I'm taking Terra from Teen Titans. 
Okay. I wasn't sure if I was going to like going to go with like yeah. Pauline. No, the new one. Yeah. No, okay. Rosalind. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. I'm thinking I might take my Silent Hill nurse, maybe. I've seen your Silent Hill nurse. That was an awesome outfit. I'm I'm more concerned about the reactions I'll get from it as opposed to because I don't I don't know. I, I, I took so I took Alienist to Gen Con I believe last year, and I was like, if there's any place to wear kind of a weird obscure horror character it's Gen Con yeah. I specifically chose my favorite prestige class from Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 and nobody got it I had one person ah, I had okay. one person who's like you know you kind of look like an alienist and I was like praise be sir <laughs> I would say the Silent Hill nurse though was a little more popular yeah <laughs> and wait what was your favorite Dungeons and Dragons prestige class uh alienist oh alienist it's okay. from the complete arcane yeah yeah I know yeah okay well yeah, don't question Alex's. Again, I, I assume this is general knowledge, but people were like, "Is that supposed to be a zombie, Daenerys?" And I was like, "Ah, like get out of here!" <laughs> Just start smacking people if they, if right? they guess wrong. <laughs> right. Now, actually, I think had you gone over like to a Pathfinder booth, you probably would have been welcomed with open arms. Fair, but I mean, it's it's Gen Con. It was founded by Gary Gygax. Like, there's no reason these people shouldn't be. I'm disappointed. I All posers. Every one of you. I start crying and like running away. You don't know anything about D&D. Oh man, what would have been hilarious though is if you were walking around and someone just comes up and whispers like, fourth edition was better. I actually, oh. I was, funny story, I was intoxicated one night during Gen Con and um, I got into an elevator and these guys were leaving and they were discussing Dungeons and Dragons and this was, it wasn't, because I remember 2007 Gen Con is when they announced the release of 4th edition, and I was like, what is this? I don't know how I feel about it. But several years later, um, these guys were discussing Dungeons and Dragons as they were exiting the elevator I was getting on to, and I was like, wait, which edition? And they're like, 4th edition? And I went off. Like, I was... <laughs> You're wrong! My, my friends were like, get in the elevator. <laughs> So you've been cosplaying for 2007. Has it always been with Cosplay Deviants? Or has no, it... um, I've only been working with Cosplay Deviants for, I want to say, three or four years, which is, it's kind of sad that I, I should just know, like, oh yeah, to this day. <laughs> um, but I kind of, sort of, accidentally got involved with them, not in the sense that, like, I wasn't interested, but I applied, I had a really bad day at work when I lived in Texas, and I was like, a huge fan of the website for about a year or two prior to when I had applied. And I was like, you know what? Budget. I was like, worst thing that happens is I get rejected and they say no, and I'm just kind of doing what I'm doing now. But if something happens with it, then that's really cool. And I got accepted. And it took me like a month and a half to let that really sink in. And I had to read the email several <laughs> times. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. But it's been a lot of fun. I think I've got close to like 
sets now. That's awesome. Which, yeah. Kind uh, of better end. What's your, out of all the cosplays you've done, what, what would you say was your favorite? Uh, I hate this one. Um, <laughs> I'm putting you on the grill know, right now. Right? <laughs> That's so difficult because I have a lot of favorite costumes for varying reasons. Um, I have costumes that I like more because they're more fun to wear as that character. So I did like a Luffy uh, femme version of Luffy from Oh, nice. Uh, one one piece? piece? Yeah. yeah. And that was a lot of fun because he's super goofy and like energetic so I have an excuse to be outgoing and weird and energetic where the same thing with you know portraying the 11th doctor is he's super awkward and clumsy and I'm super awkward and clumsy so it kind of <laughs> it kind of works well in that aspect um, as far as being photographed or for appeal of aesthetics uh, my nidalee costume I'm liking a lot I put I actually hand carved a seven foot spear and like really got into it. I saw the progression it's, photos it's of that. That looked great. pretty awesome. It is pretty great. I'm in love with it. Um, I liked my Doctor Horrible a lot because I actually got to shoot on location for I shot where they shot the uh, oh really vlog. Yeah. It turns out the photographer that I was working with because um, I flew out to LA for that in Domino and um, I did Dean Venture in LA as well. Uh, but I flew out and I was wanting to do Dr. Horrible for so long because I'm such a fan of that little blog show. And um, I was speaking with my photographer and he goes, you'll never guess what I got for this shoot. Apparently he knew the guy who owns the house that they shot. Oh, wow. So they had Dr. Horrible. I, about to, I farted in the big chair. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, Life goal complete. Bucket list. Check. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I have, there's a lot of, I, I don't think I have a single costume that I've ever looked at and been like, you know what, I wish I hadn't have done that. I have a yeah. little bit of me goes into each character because I fan, you know, yeah, it's a so fandom of mine. It's I mean, you, that, like you said, you make all your own costumes, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, because I've seen, I've seen some of your work, because we, we are friends and everything like that. Uh, outside the show, so I've seen your stuff online yeah. of your progression picks, and you are again very talented at what you do. Yeah. I think obsessive is probably a better term. <laughs> talented. It works. Yeah. They, now, they, um, have you considered dressing yourself up entirely in camouflage and then going to a convention as John Cena? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I am a big fan of the people who do Solid Snake as the bot. <laughs> that's I think always that's entertaining. Clever. Um, I'm surprised actually nobody goes to the cosplay as uh, Naked Raiden. <laughs> I think I just got my cosplay idea, fellas. Oh, Lord. Uh, Gary's um, banana. It is actually going to be showing his banana. Actually, there were, uh, two people, there were two people who dressed up like um, Bruce Wayne's parents and would reenact their yeah, death in I front of people that. dressed up like Batman. That's pretty great. That one's awesome. Now, um, how much, uh, what's the longest you've spent making an outfit? Oh, Long time. Um, <laughs> Italy, and mind you, I did purchase um, the base costume, so like the top and the, I can't say skirt, the loincloth for her costume. I actually purchased from another cosplayer, um, simply because I don't really have the time <laughs> between work and school. Uh, to be taking on super large projects right now. Uh, I did build her spear and all of her accessories, 
and I made the wig. And between all of those, it took me about three months. Um, Is the wig made out of uh, real human hair? I hunted a few homeless people, honestly. Like, I probably <laughs> should admit that. No, I... <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta make sacrifices somewhere. This stuff's expensive. I set up ten points on Pokemon Go. And... <laughs> <laughs> Farm all of my own hair from... Man, yeah, I, I, can you imagine somebody with their like head in their phone playing Pokemon Go, and then like you jump out in a long cloth with a spear, and he's like, "What the hell is this?" And you're like, "The most dangerous game," and then you stab him. <laughs> <laughs> but how many? How many of? I guess there are a lot of thirty-somethings playing. Yeah. Like how many would get that reference? But you know, sadly, probably quite a few. <laughs> it won't matter if they get it; they're not going to live long enough anyway. Well, yeah, that can be the test. If they don't laugh, then you kill them. Oh, okay, there you go. The <laughs> riddle me this. Mm. So that actually follow up with that one then, because you did, like you said, you bought stuff, and still you did a lot of work with that one. Outside of that, like, what's the longest you've taken building an outfit completely from scratch? Then that's really difficult because a lot of it, for me, a lot of it is the effort of actually finding the right pieces, the right accessories, because I'm a obsessive to the point of it has to be accurate yeah. that's like no even if it comes down to I've seen and I'm not trying to cosplay hate or you know, speak negatively about other people because at the core of it cosplay is just fun like that's your way of mm -hmm. showing your fandom to other people who have similar fandoms and connecting and it's you know in no way should it ever be a competition but it's for me from a fan perspective on costumes I hate when people will alter one small detail about a costume and it completely changes that character. Mm. Um, you know, so taking taking a really badass combat driven, say, superhero and putting them in seven inch stiletto heels. It's like that's for one impractical. Like come on. Unless Mary does it. Unless it's stripperella, like let's not stripperella. <laughs> Oh my Let, God. Let's also let's also not forget that Kerrigan from StarCraft was genetically modified by the Zerg to have high heel shoes. But see, that's fine. I'm I'm talking, like let's say, like putting the Hulk or She-Hulk. Let's take She-Hulk and put her in stripper shoes. Like that's just not practical. As, yeah, exactly. Not only yeah. is it not practical, but I don't feel like as that character she, she would, would wear Yeah, shoes. exactly. And that's something that's always, and that's just from a perspective of a fan, you know, I don't, so I try not to have a lot of those inaccuracies or oversights in my costume, which leads to a lot of time yelling at the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is, it's kind of an interesting aspect then, because of what your modeling is, what Cosplay Deviants does, yeah. like you said, it does, it does have, it's not focused on it, but it does have nudity and stuff in it, yeah. and it does deal with that. But you purposely go out of your way to make sure that that's not an aspect of the costume itself. Yeah, and they've actually um, become really strict on their rules and guidelines with costumes that are submitted. And so now if your costume is accurate, but say you don't shoot it in a location that would make sense for that character, they're not going to accept it. So it has to have that full encompassment of, like, this is that character, mm -hmm. this is ideal, you know. And even to the point where doing, I shot a duo set as the Venture Brothers. Oh, wow. So I was myself as Dean and then another model who was playing Hank. And it was something that I had to kind of sit down with her prior to shooting <laughs> the set and be like, don't make this sexy. I was like, if you make this sexy, it's going to be weird. <laughs> that, yeah, that's all. Right. <laughs> and then and even in that sense, 
have a reason to be new. Exactly. They're not just going to start doing strip shows. It's Dean and Hank's venture. That wouldn't make sense. Oh, but have you seen um, Hank in Sphinx armor? Yes. <laughs> uh, Destiny? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to send the link for you guys who don't know, but um, <laughs> Hank gets his hands on some Sphinx armor. Lady Sphinx armor. It's like Lady Sphinx armor, and he <laughs> won't take it off. He wears it all the time. Did you guys do the voices the for world. It's I... power armor, too. So he's, like, ripping jail cell doors off and, like, punching through ceilings. <laughs> I have like, not watched the last awesome. two seasons. You really season should. Really oh, my God. I'm a huge Venture Brothers fan, but I haven't gotten now, around to seeing the last two seasons. Did you guys do the voices for Hank and Dean? No, don't. You're going to do it again, aren't you? No, I won't do it. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I would encourage you to. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, it was actually a very good impression. Mind you, I do have a Venture Brothers tattoo. Like, I'm a... And I've got a Venture Brothers sticker on my car. Like, I'm a pretty big fan of Venture <laughs> Brothers. All right. Do you, do you want to hear my Hank and Dean? I would Yes. Okay. Um, I'm not going with you, Hank. I'm going to stay here with Dr. Orpheus and Triana. And then when it's storming at night, she'll run into my room and say, hold me, Dean. And I'll hold her close and say, hush, my pet. Dude, if you're staying with Dr. Orpheus, that makes Triana your sister. And if you guys get married, you'll make extra retard babies. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. I think 21 and 24 are by far my favorite. Duo. They are. I love uh, them. Let's see. Uh, dude, <laughs> dude, dude, it's Brock Sampson. He'll totally kill you. I, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Brock Sampson, we beat at last. Like and, just, and then it turns out to just be a flashlight. <laughs> I've been jipped. Standing on the side of the road, and the prostitute is driving away with his stanza. <laughs> I can't believe that prostitute ran off of my stanza. I can't believe she made it through the lake of fire. Like, oh my god, that show. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> it's um, so it has to be canon. All the costumes have to be canon. They have to be appropriate for that character. Um, they're also really weird on. I say really weird as in a negative, but it's not. They're really strict on age-appropriate characters. So, yeah, yeah. I'm Disney's, glad about that. Yeah, Disney's super out. You can't even touch the Disney universe just because of how much they like to sue people for yep. everything. Yeah, that makes so, sense. But things like um, like the Powerpuff Girls and stuff, you'll never see just because the characters are underage. Yeah, and it's easier for new characters like Tara from Teen Titans because in the DC universe, she's actually sexually active. Yeah. With Deathstroke. So there's she's a very sexualized character, sure. so it kind of blurs the line a little mm -hmm. bit, whereas the Powerpuff Girls, you never see them sexualized in the show, so that's not you know Yeah. It's it's a it's a balancing game. It makes a lot more sense and me me personally I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about, you know, too much childhood ruining. <laughs> Well, besides Gen Con, do you have any other events or anything else coming up? You said you got a new shoot coming up? Yeah, there's. we're doing a few. Um, I honestly feel like perhaps maybe we got a little overexcited, myself and some of the girls. So we're uh, supposed to be shooting a Terra and Beast Boy, which... Nice. Yeah, I'm, and oh my gosh. So it's Mew who is doing Beast Boy, and she's already shot a Beast Boy set, and it is adorable. Like, it is so adorable. <laughs> and so... Um, 
when I was redoing my tarot, I messaged her and I was like, hey, hey. <laughs> 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 you want to help me make a childhood fantasy come true? Because this is it. Uh, so we had been discussing doing that. And then we have the um, Mario princesses yeah. that we'll be shooting. And then uh, we had discussed Bear and I doing a Talho and Eureka from Eureka 7. Um, unfortunately, because of time, I don't think that one's going to really mm-hmm. hold up. But, yeah, lots of lots of stuff at Gen Con. Lots and lots of stuff at Gen Con. Excellent. Yeah. And um, so you'll be at the booth all four days? or Yes, all four days. And we kind of rotate. So there will be um, myself, Amy Fantasy, uh, Madison Valentine, Mew, Bear, and Sally. And I believe that's all of us. Um, so we kind of take turns working the booth uh, so we can have a little bit of time to primarily and meander if we want. Um, but yeah, the Friday night is the party, I believe. Or fri- we do Friday night and Saturday night. We have the adult game show and the party. And you can search all of it via the Gen Con events pages. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. Always, always more than welcome to stop by the booth and actually like talk to us because we're human beings. <laughs> that's a you know that's a bonus. It's good to actually talk, be able to talk to human beings. Right. Every once in a while, you know, you got to pick them out of the crowd. Yeah, I mean, you got to back away from every now and then too. Right. But you know, you got to bring your shades from you know the, the movie Them. Yeah, you know. exactly. Or they live. They live. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. You know, sunglasses. Uh, well, before we go, any other final words you want to give to the audience? Your fans, our fans, whatever. Uh, all two of them. <laughs> That's our fans. That's our fans. She has a lot more fans. She than has a lot do. more fans than us. You know, do you have anything you want to say to our two fans? <laughs> I don't know. It's been a lot of fun. I'm super honored that you guys invited me out and gave me a cat to pet. <laughs> Show enough loves you. I think he chose you. I'm gonna have a hard time getting it back. I did have to steal him from the banana. So yeah, <laughs> Gary the banana. Gary's left now. We got it back. Hey guys, you know. Yeah, me and Gary don't get along so much. <laughs> you never see them in the same room. Yeah. It's odd. But uh, yeah. I actually just got my wife to watch Mystery Men, and they talk about that. They're like, "That's Lance Hunt is Captain Amazing. I'm like, no, that's not. Lance Hunt wears glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. That movie is so good. I love the post somebody made uh, with a picture of Zoe Deschanel without bangs. And they said, you know what? I can't believe I wouldn't recognize Superman as Clark Kent because I can't recognize Zoe Deschanel without bangs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, have you seen the thing of um, a- uh, actors and actresses without eyebrows? <laughs> it's insane. Well, on that note, <laughs> uh, thank you again for listening. We are Astronauts Anonymous, bringing you nerdy news one step at a time. I am Joe Bennett. This is Viet Lee. Gary is left. I'm Ryan. I'm Alex. I'm Squeak. And yes, our special guest star. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a good night. Gary. <laughs> oh, never stopped. <laughs> right.